0: hey powerhouses so today's podcast episode is an interview with a legal genius and you're definitely going to want to listen to this because she is going to go over how to not just protect yourself but protect your business your brand your name all of the stuff that we either overlook don't like to think about or talk about or take time out for because it doesn't sound that fun, but she makes this easy to understand, and I promise you, it will be worth your time. So, this interview is with Lean Lyons, and she is a trademark and business lawyer for women-owned solo entrepreneurs, and small businesses. She uses her Duke Law School education and 28 years of experience and expertise as a lawyer to button up women's businesses. She uses trademarks to protect her clients' brands and written contracts to protect their money, relationships, content, and sanity so they can build and scale with confidence. Beyond her many qualifications and years of experience, Lane has a very special superpower. She makes legal matters simple, clear, and easy to understand. See? (laughs) I promised you guys. She's not that quote-unquote kind of lawyer. And you guys all know the type. Lane's clients rave about how safe, secure, and confident they feel after working with her to handle their legal matters. Lane Lyons is your go-to lawyer for all things legal, helping you protect and grow your business with the peace of mind that comes from knowing everything is set up properly and legally secure. So without further ado, tune in to our interview with Lane. Welcome to Becoming Powerhouse, where we discuss the tough lessons I've learned while taking my two companies from negative revenue to over 7 figures. We'll talk about the raw and vulnerable truths about being boss as well as tips and strategies you can implement immediately for better business results. I'm your host, Nicole Overcamp, the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Coaching. You can see links and other resources in our notes. Don't forget to head over to Pow HerhouseMoney.com to grab your free power bundle for business and subscribe to our newsletter. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, powerhouses. So as promised, I have Lane Lyons here with us today and she is by far one of my favorite attorneys. Um, I love hearing her talk, I love talking to her and the best part about her is when you're having a conversation, you wouldn't even know she's an attorney because of how fun she makes everything and all of this stuff that us entrepreneurs wanna ignore, not pay attention to because it sounds awful she breaks it down in a way that makes a ton of sense, but also her sole purpose, her mission in her practice is to make sure that you are protecting your ass and not losing the business that you worked so very hard to build. And and I gotta say, I every time I hear you talk,ing like I learn something new, and I also simultaneously have a to do list about a mile long <laughs> of things I want to look at, check, follow up on, just to make sure. I'm protecting myself and not being exposed to anything. So you are the expert, the, and, and, and like I said, one of the best attorneys I've ever met when it comes to protecting legal assets, contract laws, trademark, um, really that, that small business go to powerhouse. So, um, Welcome, Lane. And and you know, why don't you, if you don't mind, for everybody listening, I, I already gave them your bio, but just a little bit of background about what
1: you do, why you do it, and then we can get into the good stuff. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Wonderful to be here. So yeah, um, that was amazing. And let's just let's just dive in. So what do I do and why do I do it? So really in a nutshell, I help women grow their businesses. I, I mean, I I also have a couple of men clients, so men, if you're listening, (laughs) we're not excluding you, but my focus is definitely, definitely helping women grow their businesses. So that really means two things. One, it means starting, setting up your business when you're starting, setting things up properly so that right out of the gate, everything is buttoned up and set up for your success. Nothing crushes a brand new business like drama and then the other half of my business is helping existing business owners who have already have everything set up who are out there being visible maybe they're hiring they're out there hustling and getting known helping them scale their business safely because really there are things that we need to think about first when we're starting and getting those legal structures so that things are set up properly And then we need to think about what we're going to do as we're growing our businesses to make sure that we're doing it in a really safe and smart way. And the way that I got here, so I've been a lawyer for 28 (laughs) years and I, I was a courtroom lawyer. I was a litigator. I was most of my career. I was a district attorney. I did not think I would be sitting behind a laptop. I always thought I would be up on my feet in court, but life travels, life things happen. And I started an online business. I've had multiple businesses, successful businesses. And I started this online business and I was working in a collaboration with another online entrepreneur, nothing having to do with legal. And even though I knew better, I got into this working relationship with her without A written agreement. And I can see Nicole is just cringing back there because we know like that we can't do that. Right. And I look, you know, I know why I did it. Right. I did it for the same reason that I hear people tell me all the time why they don't want to have, for example, contracts because I didn't want to lawyer up. Everything was so aligned. We were on the same page. Everything was so friendly and warm. And I didn't want to come in with this harsh agreement and really kind of derail things and make things feel not fun, not friendly, not warm, not aligned. And of course you can guess what happened, right? So there I am, no written agreement. We're going on. We're creating the content for almost a year together. Yep. You guessed it. I got burned. (sighs) Ah, right. A deep, deep sigh. And I can't say that she stole or swiped the content because we were sharing it. But she sure did take it and do her own thing with it and not give credit where credit was due. I lost all of the content. I lost all of the money that I had invested into this little side gig with her and really all of the money that I was going to make from this endeavor that we were doing together and I was just crushed. And you know me, I don't stay in crushed for very long. It was just like less than an hour. And I was like, wait a second, what contract should I have had with her? And I sat down and I've got my, my, my laptop out and I got my lawyer brain on and I just started typing away. And I typed up the exact contract with all the different clauses that I wished I would have had with her, everything that I would have needed to protect myself from losing all my content, losing all my money, losing the relationship. And that made me feel a lot better. First of all, that definitely made me feel a lot better to look at like, (laughs) okay, well, I'm never going to make that mistake again. And when I finished, I started drafting just out of like my own motivation and curiosity. I started drafting all of the contracts that every service-based online business needs. And then I started reaching out to my business BFFs and saying to them, well, what contracts are you using? And every single one of them, I heard the same answer. Contracts? What contracts? I don't have contracts. Do I need contracts? What do you mean? And it was right then that I realized how many of us women are out there creating all the things, all the beautiful things, but Mm -hmm. how few of us, how little energy we spend on protecting those things. And really, it was right then and there that I said, you know what, I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to figure out how to start a business to help online service providers, online business, small business, small and solo business owners protect their stuff. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. It's been many, many years and it's super rewarding and I love it. I love doing it. I love, I get to be a teeny, teeny, tiny part of the success of so many women's businesses, which is fun.
0: That is so fun. And I love that. And I'm I'm actually so glad you shared that story because I was going to ask you about it because like, why do you do this? And, and, and it's so aligned with why I started my own financial planning firm and, and what we do and why we help women because I- not only was burned so many times, I made financial mistakes, right? And it's like the stuff that we learn from and we're like, oh God, I'm never doing that again. But wait a minute, I don't want anybody else to do it either. I want them to have the, the shortcuts and I want them to have the privilege of my pain, right? (laughs) Like how can I help everybody else benefit from this thing that I went through that ultimately made you a much more brilliant business owner and and myself included, right? Because I think that you have to have those hard lessons uh, to, to have sometimes the fire, right? To do what we do in the first place. And so I think that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. And You know, and with that said, yes, like so many of my lovely clients are without contracts or to your point, um, they are afraid to start the conversation uh, and especially in partnerships. And so I think, you know, maybe we should talk about that a minute because I do. Uh, One, partnerships are so hard. It is like a marriage. And and we rarely see partnerships actually work out in the long run. Uh, You know, in all of the women that we have coached or advised or worked with, uh, there's probably, oh my gosh, maybe 20% that actually remain in partnership and work out and they still continue to love each other. Now, continuing to love each other doesn't mean it's without its battles right I think it's 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 completely unrealistic to think that it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns but you can still have a successful good partnership where you do still love each other after critical conversations um you know and I think Sarah and I can talk to that we've had many of those but but we're still super solid thank you God um but but we've seen we've seen probably a, a solid 80% of partnerships not pan out. In in some of them we called, some of them we didn't see coming. But the first question we always ask is, what is your legal agreement? And most of the time, they don't have one. We try to encourage them to get one. But can you talk to Lane, you know, if you're in business with someone, and and I don't care, and I know you don't either, if this is your bestie from high school, if it's your mother, if it's your sister, some stranger off the street, an investor, they are all the same when it comes to business partnership. What, if you're in partner, uh, if you're a partner with someone else, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about or really looking to, to have to cover ourselves just in case something goes
1: awry? Right. Well, and that is a fabulous question. And let me say that the just in case with partnerships seems to always arrive in some way. You know, (laughs) my dad, who was an incredible, incredible attorney for 54 years, taught me really early on that every single business relationship ends somehow at some point. It does not have to be contentious at all. It can be completely amicable, but every single business relationship, eventually someone goes in a different direction. Someone moves out of the country. Somebody dies. Somebody leaves. Or in the rare case, but it does happen, there is drama and there is an argument. So what He taught me, and what I always impress upon my clients is the best day to figure out your exit end plan together is the first day that you're going into business. That is the day that you are the happiest, that you are the most generous, that there have been no, you're the most excited and jazzed up about what you're doing. And that's the perfect day for people to come together and be in harmony and cooperation and figure out what they need to do to structure that relationship, to set it up for success while it's happening, but also to set up, how are we going to exit at the end when we do need to shift? So there's a couple of things there that I just want to unpack. Sure. First of all, we need a written agreement, right? And you're going to hear me say it time and time again. We need a written agreement. And that agreement between two people, it's going to cover the biggest thing it's going to cover is setting up your expectations of each other. That's where stuff goes off track the most is expectations between people. Oh, I thought you were doing that. No, no, no. I thought I could have sworn you said we were out for drinks and you said you were doing that, right? So we have to have clear, really well articulated who is doing what, right? Who's responsible for the day-to-day Who's responsible for operations? If we're outsourcing or delegating certain things, who's responsible for managing those people? Who's responsible, you'll love this one, for keeping the books? How do we keep the books? Everybody always has to have access to the books at all times. How is the reporting going with the money? And then we get into things like, what happens when we don't agree? What happens with something that I call decision deadlock? A partnership between two people is beautiful, but hey, you want right and she wants left. Now, what do we do? A lot of people don't go into a partnership with a set system for how they are going to resolve decision deadlock when there's only two members, which is very common for just two members. So I've seen all kinds of things and you can get as creative. I always tell people you can get as creative as we want in the written agreement that we're going to have just so long as we keep it legal and it doesn't break any (laughs) rules any legal rules but you can have i've had clients who have their older brother two sisters and their older brother is the decision deadlock Mm -mm. (laughs) i've had clients agree to the flip a coin method i've had clients agree to create a written schedule first you know let's say the person who has the older birthday will go first but we want that written right so the first time we have a decision deadlock you i decide the next time we've got it written down the next time it's your decision and back and forth like that so really we can get as creative as we like and then what happens when we've got to get out and the biggest thing that happens here isn't so much the finances of the business that's usually pretty straightforward we've got I'm going to use easy numbers. We've got $100 in our bank account. We pay off our debts. We split it. Whatever's remaining, let's say there's $10 left. You get $5. I get $5. That part's pretty easy, right? Because it's math and it's money. That's like a finite number. It's a tangible number that we can see how much the liabilities and the assets are of the business. Kind of easy. What's not easy if we don't have it worked out in advance is what's going to happen to the intellectual property that we have created during the partnership. And by intellectual property, I mean two things. One, the content that we have created, whether that is a handbook, an ebook, reels, videos, a course, training materials, whatever we have created, how are we going to split that thing? That's one thing when we decide to part ways. And again, We can get as creative as people like. We can split it in any kind of way, right? We can both have access to it. We can nobody have access to it. We can split it into you get three modules and I get three modules. And then the other piece of the intellectual property is what happens to the trademarks that we have created while we have been together. For example, our name, right? Let's say that we work together and we've created a a working thing and it's a podcast. And we've got this podcast name and we've gotten known for this amazing podcast name. Let's say that the name is the greatest podcast ever. It's and we've got a coming think- powerhouse. <laughs> well, I, I never want to jinx it by using- I'm, because I'm going- joking, yeah. I don't want to use your example because I am going to kind of break it in half and wreck it. So- okay, <laughs> let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> I never want to jinx you. So I'm always, you know, the greatest yeah. podcast ever. So, and then what happens to that name? Who gets to own that name? And so, and one partner can buy the other one out. We can split it again. We can sell, we can together sell it to a third party. That's not the point. The point is, we have to know in advance what we are doing at the beginning so that when we get to the end and we're ripping things apart and we're splitting up, we're comfortable. This is not always something that people can do on their own. And just like you'll always hear me say about contracts. Your contracts, once they are decided, work so hard to do so much heavy lifting for you. You never have to set a boundary again if you have it written in your written agreement. And when you're onboarding, for example, a new client, you don't have to set that boundary over and over and over again, which I know is real hard for a lot, a lot of women. That's hard for yeah. me. <laughs> and so you let your contract do that heavy lifting. And once you've got that written agreement, with a partnership with the two people together, that written agreement becomes your roadmap. But it's a tough conversation sometimes between two women to try to figure out all of those things we just covered. So I offer mediation services. We just get together. It sounds fancier than it is. We get together on Zoom for two hours and we go through the agreement and we work through those tougher conversations. Sometimes we have to do a breakout room with one of you. And then I come back and do a breakout room with the other. And I help you get to that middle because it's that compromise. It's that middle ground that everyone is so open to on day one. That's going to save you when you're untangling things on day 365.
0: Oh, thank you. That was so good. And I think um, the one thing that never gets brought up is the intellectual property. We often have the partnership agreements or the buy sell agreements and and what happens if divorce or death or any one of those things. But the intellectual property piece is so interesting because, unless you're talking to an attorney who really does this all of the time, it doesn't get brought up. And so it's definitely important, especially nowadays with service-based businesses where there is so much content, there's so much that we're creating all of the time. And, and uh, I think what, what we don't realize is it may not seem like a big deal now and it's not worth a lot, but what if it is? And, and what about when it is? Then you're gonna care. And when you care, it's harder to make these decisions with everybody in the room because more money, more emotions, right? Um, so so definitely keep that in mind because we have seen some really nasty situations because we just make the assumption that it's always going to be easy or okay. And, and you know, segue, segueing into that lane, what about, so now we have this partnership agreement, we have contracts, we're growing our business, we're we're now making really good money. We have all of this content, we have a podcast courses, uh, we have employees. and and we're selling our services, how do we protect it? How do we protect what it is that we're doing so someone can't rip us off or rip
1: off our content? What does that look like? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. And there's, there's, there's lots to chat about there. So the first thing is agreements and contracts on your website are going to do a lot of that heavy lifting that I was talking about. So when you sell a course, For example, let's just start with the course, right? When you sell a course on your website, you're going to have a document on your website that's called Terms and Conditions. And it's just going to be linked in the footer of your website. And that link will take folks to a page that has all of what I like to say, the monopoly rules for your business. It's all of these ways that we do business, right? So when we're playing Monopoly, We open up the board, we put the board out, we put all the pieces out, and we start buying and selling property and real estate. And we don't think about the rules until, for example, let's say your brother in law says, No, come on, Nicole, you don't collect $200 every time you pass go. It's only the first time you pass go. And you're like, "Mm, I don't think so. And he's like, Yeah. And you're like, Uh uh. What do you do? You go to the box. Well, when there is a dispute on something around your business that had to do with your website, and in this instance, I'm talking about a course that sold on your website and there is a dispute, a judge will go to the box or go to your terms and conditions to find out what rules were in place. Did you let folks in your terms and conditions know the content on this website, the content in the courses housed on this website is my content, I own all of it, and here's what you, the purchaser or the member of the course or the purchaser or the reader of the website or the listener to the podcast, here's what you can do, and spoiler alert, you can't swipe it, here's here's what you can do with it, which is you can read it, you can listen to it, you can use the course for your own single use benefit, but here's what you can't do about it. And content is one of the intellectual property, and content is one of those things that really what it comes down to is did you put other people on notice that you own that content and you intend to assert your ownership rights and they cannot swipe it or steal it? It really a lot of it comes down to notice, meaning did you put others on notice that the content is yours? You'll see this little C with the circle around it, and a company name, and a year, and sometimes you'll see all rights reserved, that's a copyright notice. So when we've got, let's say, a photograph, and we've taken a photo, and we put a copyright notice at the bottom, we've now put other people on notice. This photograph is copyrighted by me. I own it. I intend to assert my rights. I intend to assert my ownership of it. That's an easy one because we're just putting a copyright notice. That's not full copyright protection, but it's a a start to the notice. So we've got the terms and conditions on the website to protect our content. When we have a podcast and we have guests come on our podcast, we have to say to our guests, who is, and this is another thing, right? We're doing it on our contract, people. We're not actually needing to have these conversations but we've got to have in our contract, if we have guests come on our podcast, we've got to have an agreement with them that says, we, meaning the podcast host, and this is up to you, You, I'm just giving an example of what it might look like, we are going to own this recording. You, dear podcast guest, me today, dear podcast guest, you do not own the recording. We're going to share the recording, perhaps we're going to share the recording with you, We're going to put it publicly up on our page. We're going to have it advertised, but you're not getting compensation. And we, meaning you, own all of the rights to the recording. Now, you don't have to do it that way. That's just, for example, and that's a real safe way to do it, meaning setting it up that it's yours. Um, When we've got employees, we've got to be protecting our content, meaning we have to have confidentiality agreements with the people who come mm. into our business and work in our business so that they are not exposed or, or privy to, right? They don't see some of the interior things like our financials, our client lists, our uh, confi- our proprietary methods that we have come up with and created, all of our back end content. And then just go use it and exploit it and share it for themselves, you know, and use it to their own benefit. So we've got to have some non, what we call a non-disclosure to keep things tidy with employees and, and independent contractors as well. Anybody who's coming into our business and seeing the inner workings, the behind the scenes, the client lists, the money, and then the biggest way that we protect our content, the most valuable content that you have in your business is your brand. That is the, unless you're an author and you're you're writing series and series of books, but for the average service-based business, your brand, your brand identity is the most valuable intellectual property asset that you own when you do your balance sheet. Oftentimes when you look at a company's balance sheet, their intellectual property regarding their brand identity will be the items at the top lines, the most valued pieces of their balance sheet, because those are the most valuable things. And what do I mean by brand identity? I mean, your name of your business, your name, your logo that denotes who your business is kind of like a shortcut for folks to recognize you and your business your podcast name, your course name, your offering names, everything that you are out there and even your own name, right? If it's, if your business is your own name, people say, oh, well, it's my name. So I'm good. Right? Nope. If you you know, think <laughs> about Mark Jacobs, Calvin Klein, Lane Lyons, Kate Spade, right? We're all business owners. I lump myself in there in the middle, of course, with other Uh, with, with just our names. So just because it's your own name doesn't mean you don't have to protect it. When you have to protect it comes into play when people are getting, when you are getting known to other people under that brand name, under that name, Powerhouse Money. People are knowing you in that name. And what's important about it is just like, just like when I see Nike on a tennis skirt, right? I don't have to think, is this going to be, what, what kind of a skirt is this going to be? Or what kind of a, a tennis shoe or, or tennis racket is this going to be? I know if it says Nike on it, that it's going to be high quality, long lasting. If it's fabrics, it's going to be probably moisture wicking. I've come to associate, we've all come to associate a certain experience, customer experience, when we buy something with Nike or with the swoosh. Same thing with powerhouse money. The clients have come to expect a certain experience when coming to you. They know the quality. They know the handholding. They know that you're going to help them get from point A to point B all with love and structure and grace and space. And so when we have our name and we're getting known or getting visible, and this is one of those scaling moves, when we have a name and we're getting more visible about it and we're building our brand, we have to protect that name. What happens when we don't, and we'll zoom out away from powerhouse money and we'll go back to our friends over at greatest podcast ever. When you when when a business owner is getting known for a name, let's use that greatest podcast ever as, as our example. They're out there, they're getting downloads, they're getting known, they're getting a lot of guests on their podcast and they don't protect their name. What happens is they are leaving that name totally and completely and in my book, unnecessarily vulnerable to someone else coming along and saying, I have the exact same name or very similar name to you. I'm doing the same kind of thing. And maybe it's not powerhouse money. Maybe it's powerhouse monkey, right? Or maybe it's purpose house money. I'm just being silly here and coming up with different (laughs) names riffing off of it. But it has to be similar enough that it would be confusing for a potential consumer to say, oh, well, my friend told me about this podcast, the best podcast ever, and I'm finding this podcast the better podcast ever or the greatest podcast ever and the greater podcast. And then they get confused. They go to the wrong podcast. They listen to it for a year. They love it. And then they, the podcast maybe offers, I don't know, uh, a coaching program or a tote bag or cute, cute baseball caps with their name on it. And the incorrect podcast gets purchases that were initially intended to go to this other business. And it happens all the time. I get folks saying, coming to me and saying, I haven't trademarked my name, but I've started getting all of these phone calls for, for, from potential customers. And when I get on the phone with them, they're not even looking for me. They're looking for this other woman with the same exact name, you know, coach, let's say it's like a coaching program, right? The same exact name as me. And then we get into the discovery call and we find out she ain't even looking for me. Yeah. And what happens is when, that's one way that this comes into play that people first notice it. But when you don't own what I was saying about leaving your name totally and completely and unnecessarily vulnerable what happens is one day, sadly, greatest podcast ever opens up their email and sees in their email or in their mailbox, more likely, a horrible, aggressive cease and desist letter from some bro lawyer who is saying, look, my client, you're, you're the greatest podcast ever. And my client has the trademark on greater podcast ever. And you, greatest podcast ever, need to shut your podcast down Immediately we'll give you three days to go back, take your entire podcast and brand down off the, the internet, off of socials, everywhere that you've had it, shut it down. And what happens to that business, the greatest, our our niche, our example where she's gotta shut her, her her show down. She's gotta take everything down, rebrand, come up with a new name, which is so hard when you have a following come up with a brand new name that's got to be way different because now you've got some aggressive lawyer breathing over your shoulder watching you rebranding. So she's got to take everything down, change the name, start all over again, rebuild, put everything up again and hope like on a wing and a prayer that her audience is going to follow her to the new name. And reels have to be redone, slides have to be redone, Podcasts have to be recorded. Branding has to be, logos have to start over. This is a nightmare for businesses. And what often happens is during that rebrand time, that like when the business is dark, no income is coming in that entire time. And instead, all that's happening is tears at having lost the name. And it doesn't have to go this way. That's the thing is that, hi, I'm right here. You need to trademark your name, you need to register that trademark. So when you have a name and you have this content, right? I said, it's the top level on your balance sheet and you're getting known and you're getting visible and folks are starting to identify you and your services with that name, you've got to register that trademark. Wow.
0: All right. So if you haven't done that yet, you need to do it. We all need to do it. Um, that was awesome. Thank you. And, and again, like this is simple stuff, you guys simple stuff, Lane. It's not a huge investment. It's not in an, an our, like a, a really complicated process, right? It's, it's just doing it. Well,
1: yeah. it's not complicated for the client. For if You have an attorney, yeah. right? Yeah. It's very it's complicated <laughs> on our side and it does take over a year to get a trademark, but you don't have to lift a finger. I do. I do it all, you know, yeah. white glove it yeah. the whole way. Right. So it's not complicated. You just have to wake up and realize in the nicest way possible, right? I say it with the most love mm-hmm. possible. You just have to wake up and realize the vulnerable position that you're unnecessarily putting yourself yeah. in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I talk about this all the time, even on the, the finance side or the business side. And it's like, we work so hard to get this far. Why would you put that to risk, right? Why would you put all of the things that you're busting your butt for uh, exposed like that? And so, um, really important, you guys, and, and with anything else, contracts too, and, and how you're potentially exposing yourself to someone, and there's always one. There's always one who's All going takes to do or one. say something, right? And, Just and one. it takes one and it crushes your day or your week or your year, depending on how big that one is. Hopefully it, you know, that doesn't happen to you, but you know, and, and we're in the business, both of us, right. Are in the business of preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, but like, shoot sister, like cover yourself, right. Protect yourself. So um, that was also awesome lane. And we are definitely going to make sure that all of your contact information, your website, your email address, your Instagram handle um, is all in the show notes and you have some easy courses and in, in in things, right, that you've created where people can also kind of use it if they are someone who's like, yeah, um, Lane seems great and all, but I really don't want to lawyer up right now or hire an attorney. It's just not in the budget. You've created some uh, courses and content for entrepreneurs who maybe
1: just like want to dip a toe. Fair? Yep. Is absolutely. That right? Absolutely. Cool. You just want to get so. your contracts handled and you don't want to lay down $600 an hour to have a lawyer help you. Exactly, we've I've created this entire system to make things really easy and straightforward. There is no legal language, let me say that. There's this misconception that contracts have to be complicated and filled with what we call legal ease. I am a big believer that contracts have to be, well, first of all, fair and friendly, right? Because we women, mm-hmm. even if we can't put our finger on what's going on in that contract, we know if something is not fair and balanced. So the contracts have to be fair and balanced, but they also have to be written in plain English so that you can understand exactly what you are asking your clients to sign. Nothing is more embarrassing and starts out a relationship with less trust. When you hand your client a contract, she comes back and says, I'm ready to sign with you, but I don't know what paragraph seven means. And you say, you look at it and you're like, ooh, I don't know what paragraph seven means (laughs) either, right? So everything is super straightforward and in plain English and helps you This is one of those areas that you can kind of DIY with these templates that I've created. So yeah, it's a toe in the water, quick and easy, get in. You can get all of your contracts done an entire afternoon and you you will feel so much better. The relief of that alone will help you make your business so much more. If you don't have your basic contracts, that will set you up. To a completely different level just by taking that one step for those of you who are in the start phase and don't have your contracts this is going to make you feel real legit
0: perfect thank you so much and thank you for being such an awesome powerhouse and sharing this information with everyone listening and tuning in Hopefully you guys take action in some capacity, even if it's just simply reviewing the contracts you already have, making sure you understand them. Um, and, you know, I say this all the time, don't invest in something you don't understand. It's a bad idea. So looking at all of that, And really just making sure that you guys are squared away and protecting your assets. And Lane, I would love to hear from you if there's any last message that you have for everybody listening, or maybe one thing that you
1: wish they would walk away with. Yeah, well, thank you. I would love to relate that back to being a powerhouse. Because what it means, you know, you've been teaching everyone for so, so beautifully what it means to be a powerhouse around money. And you've taught me that as well, but really that being a powerhouse in your business is about taking action to be Mm -hmm. a leader, which of course includes being thoughtful, being proactive about properly handling your finances. Yeah, that's obviously one of the very, very core tenets of this, but it also means setting up your relationships for success by creating those aligned expectations we were talking about. It means protecting your content so that you can get out there and you can share your best creations fully with peace of mind, knowing that you're protected, knowing that you can share your best stuff because you've swipe-proofed it. It means confidently stepping into your role as the CEO of your company. And that is taking action to be the leader in your business, to be that powerhouse. So if I can leave you with anything, it's come on, ladies, we can do it. We can do better than we have been doing. It is up to us. Let's get in there and let's get this basic stuff handled so we can get on to the good stuff. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. Could not think of a better way to end this podcast. So thank you. Thank
0: you so much, Lane. And to everyone listening, continue being the powerhouse that you are. Thanks so much for listening to Becoming Powerhouse. You can find all of the links to our site and resources in the show notes. Let's connect on Instagram at money And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at powerhousemoney.com. Remember, I want to connect with you. I want to hear your thoughts and help you with all the challenges you're having. So engage, send me a DM. And of course, if you're loving this podcast, let us know and go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave a review.